Um, but this is about being thankful. And we need to grow constantly in gratefulness. Thankfulness breaks all kinds of bondages off of your life. Thankfulness breaks bitterness. Thankfulness breaks judgment. Thankfulness breaks emotional wounds out of your life. And it, we, don't, we're not, we don't have to be thankful for everything. When, somebody, when there's a tragedy in the world, we're not thankful, God, for that you did that that thing happened. But we're thankful for what he's doing in the middle of that and how he's changing us. And, and we're, uh, sometimes we're, we're uh, doing warfare over our own lives. We're just saying, Lord, I don't understand the situation I'm in, but I want to see how I can respond well in this. I want to be grateful in the middle of this. So we're exercising our muscles today in an easy way by grabbing some low-hanging fruit, some things that, that God is doing that is precious that we're grateful for. So I'm going to invite it first, Joseph Reedy. Where are you? Come on up. Each one of these are going to introduce themselves and share something significant that's going on. So Joseph, talk to us. Hello, uh, my name is Joseph. I'm doing the uh, ADS school here. Uh, super excited about that. Um, so why I got up here to talk with you a little bit is about uh, outreach. Uh, two weekends ago, we went and did outreach for the whole uh, weekend on the North Shore, uh, working with the Harbor Church out there, one of our sister churches. And uh, so outreach is one of the emphases, emphasis, whatever, of uh, ADS. And um, <laughs> so we do it about every two weeks um, for a couple of hours. And it's always been something I'm really like nervous to do. Um, but finally, just got kind of working in me and kind of building me in power. I was really excited to go do outreach for, these, uh, for this weekend. Um, so the first time I was actually really excited, even though I was a little nervous, still like really excited for the first time. So I had some really great conversations with people, really blessed and encouraged some people. Um, still though, I was kind of discouraged and just uh, sad. I was like, oh, like the whole weekend, like I want to talk to more people. I felt like it was like, I was disappointed with how few people I still got to talk to. And, um, but in that, I'm really thankful. God just kind of taught me like, Hey, like Joseph, like I want you to incorporate this more into your daily life. I want this to be more of something that you just just do, not something that you go out to do, but like just do it in your daily life. So um, that was a powerful lesson. Um, and since I've gotten to pray for three Uber drivers uh, during work, uh, I prayed for a Walmart worker when I was in Walmart buying a poster board. Uh, <laughs> and then also I invited someone uh, from work uh, to my small group, uh, which is scary. Uh, yeah, but uh, really, really, uh, really glad to see kind of God moving in my life, um, just kind of building me in power and strength and all the glory goes to him. So, yeah, Amen. Thank Thanks, Joseph. That. So for some of these, not all of them, we're going to have a point of prayer, okay? And I want, to, I want to ask you to ask the Lord for greater peace and confidence in talking about Him wherever you go, all right? So you can, I'm going to pray, and you just connect with that and say, me too. Do it again. So the testimony means do it again, Lord. Just like you did in Joseph's life. You're, he's, he's in a structured situation where they're taking steps in an organized way and doing outreach, but it's changing his life at work. Okay? So grab a hold of this.
Say, me too, Lord. Lord, we're asking for, for an awareness everywhere we are that there are people that need to hear about you and that there would be a simplicity to it. You, you're working on people's lives. It's not us selling something that people do not want, but about, it's about finding people that are hungry, that are asking, how can I find out more about the name of Jesus? How can I get some of my questions answered? So strengthen us, give us clarity and fresh grace in doing this with joy, Jesus. Amen. Lily? Where's Lily? Come on up here, Lily Montagna. Hey, guys. My name is Lily Montagna, and a couple of months ago, I moved to Roxbury. Um, There's a couple other families who go to Antioch Community Church that parks. If you guys could wave. There's Duke Park right there. And the Tachis, I think they're um, not here right now out serving the kids, but um, they also moved to Roxbury over the last year and a half or so, and we've all kind of moved there with the intention of really investing in the people in that community. Um, And so this fall, we launched a life group um, to invite people from the community um, with the hopes that it will grow into a house church led by people from that community. Um, So that's kind of the backstory of that. And uh, one of our hugest prayers has been for people of peace and for people who are hungry to know God, to study the Word of God. And so I want to tell you a story about how God answered that prayer. Um, So every day um, I go to work, I walk down to the bus stop, and there's this big intersection by a school where um, a woman um, is the crossing guard, and I've gotten to know her over the last couple of months, just saying hi, sharing words of encouragement, Um, and eventually I invited her to our life group, and she wasn't able to come, but she seemed interested, so I tried to connect with her and get together with her so we could um, get to know one another better and possibly study the Bible together, and so finally, after like three canceled times, we met together, and after a few hours of just chatting about random things, I'm like, God, should I bring it up? Should I bring up God? What should I do? And he's like, trust me, and she randomly says, so I want to talk to you about Jesus and the Bible, And so essentially she said, like, how do I know which one is the right Bible? Because there's a Jehovah's Witness Bible, there's a Mormon Bible, there's a Catholic Bible. How do I know which one's the real one? Um, And I said to her, wow, it it really seems like you want to know what's true. She goes, yes, that's exactly what I want. I want to know what's true. Um, And so I was like, jackpot. Like, we just, (laughs) (laughs) like, this woman wants to know what's true. Like, she wants to know who God is. And so um, I was just really thankful that God, like, opened the door for her to trust me enough to to talk about that. And so I said, well, you know, this is a Bible I have. If we just assume this is the true Bible for now, do you want to study it with me? (laughs) And she goes, sure. So we studied Genesis 3 together because she had a few questions about it. And um, she had so many more questions, but it was really cool to just study the Bible with her through our DBS model. Antioch uses Discovery Bible Study, and so just asking simple questions to learn more about who God is. And she wants to learn more about him and learn read the Bible with me again. So um, you guys can just be praying for, for her and for our team as we continue to reach out with people that we cross through our paths. Um, so I'm super pumped for what God's going to continue to do. So, so I'm going to ask you to lead us in prayer for this, yeah. okay? Cool. So they have moved to this area and are opening up their, a, a big focus of their life to, to reach people and to gather them together in a house church. All right? So pray, Lily. Let's go. Um, Jesus, we just thank you so much that you are faithful, that when you call us to do things and 
to be places that you make a way, God, and that there are people in this city who are broken, who are hungering for you, God, who want to know you, who want to study your word. And so, Lord, we just thank you so much for the prayers that you've answered. We ask for you to continue to help us be fervent in prayer um, and trust you, God, for more. So we just say in Jesus' name, do it again. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Christy, come on up. This is Christy Johnson. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Christy. Um, I, I've been here for a while. <laughs> the last time I shared uh, up here was about God's faithfulness to me during um, recovery from a very severe concussion that I got at my old job. Um, and I just kind of wanted to share more. A lot of you have walked this journey through with me, and it's still going. Um, so I just wanted to share what God's been doing. Um, and as I was processing what I wanted to share, uh, a quote came to mind by an Anglican bishop. Um, Pastor Jeff was preaching a sermon. I don't even remember what the sermon was about, but he read this quote. And I was like, that's amazing. And I wrote it down, and it's been by my bed. And I realized, like, wow, I heard this quote forever ago, and then, like, God brought me through this whole journey, and it means more now. So here it is. Um, A zealous man in religion is preeminently a man of one thing. It's not enough to say that he is earnest, hearty, uncompromising, thoroughgoing, wholehearted, fervent in spirit. He sees one thing. He cares for one thing. He lives for one thing. He is swallowed up in one thing, and that one thing is to please God. Whether he lives or whether he dies, whether he has health or whether he has sickness, whether he is rich or whether he is poor, whether he pleases man or gives offense, whether he is thought wise or thought foolish, whether he is, gets blame or gets praise, whether he gets honor or gets shame, for all this the zealous man cares nothing. He burns for one thing, and that one thing is to please God and advance his glory. If he is consumed in the very burning, he is content. He feels that like a lamp he was made to burn, and if consumed in the burning, he has but done the work for which he was made. Such, one, such a one will always find a sphere for his zeal. If he cannot preach and work and give money, he will cry and sigh and pray. If he is only a pauper on a perpetual bed of sickness, he will make the wheels of sin around him drive heavily by continually interceding against it. If he cannot fight in the valley with Joshua, then he will do the prayer work of Moses, Aaron, and Hur on the hill. If he is cut off from work himself, he will give the Lord no rest until help is raised up from another quarter and the work is done. That is what I mean by zeal. And that was J.C. Ryle. Um, So I went through um, concussion rehab um, for over a year and um, found a lot of purpose and joy in praying with a lot of you. Um, And this September, I went back to a job um, full-time for the first time in almost two years. And... um, and that's been really hard. And um, there was a point where a little over a month into it, I went to my supervisor and I said, I don't know that I can do this anymore. Like, I feel all these symptoms of what I had in the concussion before are coming back, and I don't know if I can do this. And my boss was like, well, let's fast and pray together and see if God, like, does something. 
um, and I work for a Christian organization now. I was working in a juvenile detention center. Now I'm working um, for the Lion of Judah Church. Um, so we fasted and prayed. And, uh, and what happened was that the pain didn't go away. I still have chronic headaches, all kinds of things. But every day, God did something that made me able to get through that day and feel like, wow, I did it. I got through this day. And that's been the testimony, like, the do it again. I kept thinking, nobody wants to have to, like, be in pain all the time, and nobody wants God to do that in their life. But what God has done, it's not a story of healing where, like, everything just went away and I'm all better. But, like, I mean, there has been some of that. But of God giving grace for that day, daily bread for that day. And that's my testimony. And um, I was just thinking about one thing that my boss said to me when we were fasting and praying. He said, um, whatever you feel like you lost, whatever you don't have anymore, you don't need it. God knew you didn't need it. And I was like, mm, not so sure about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but one thing that I have developed more is like, I don't go into the classroom and teach and feel like I have some natural skill or ability that I'm using to do that. I go in there having been on my face before God saying, if you don't show up, this isn't going to happen. And God shows up. So that is my testimony. Amen. Amen. Wait, Christy, wait just a second. Come back up here. So I want to pray specifically for people that are in long-term situations where you're having to pray again and again and again, and you haven't seen the resolution. Any hands in here? Put those up. Lord Jesus, we're asking for perseverance and revelation. We believe you can move the dial. You can bring increase, Lord. You can move things forward by the power of your Spirit. And, and uh, we, we believe that, that you're worth praise at every step along the way. You're worth gratefulness at every step along the way. And so we're asking, increase, Lord, your, your healing, increase the, the understanding and increase capacity in Christy and others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Krista, come on up here with Heather. Hey, introduce yourself and tell us what's going on. Awesome. Well, good morning. I'm Heather, and this is Kristen. I'm just going to kind of talk to you about um, serving the Edison here. And just some background. This started about two years ago um, with our friend Rachel Coxum, who's in Pittsburgh now. And we were just talking and saying how we felt like there was kind of a gap missing and that there was an opportunity to serve this school. Um, we're so blessed to have this every week. Um, but there's more we could do for the staff and the kids here. So we just met together with some staff um, from Antioch and said, how can we start this? Um, so we kind of got connected with the school, and we just kind of found Matthew um, 25, 40. is one of our verses for our vision that says, And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So it's been... Um it's been really sweet, the relationships that we've formed with different people in the administration and the teachers. And how many of you have volunteered? Like, clean? yeah, right? Awesome. It's fantastic. So we've done things such as um, 
cleaning the outdoor garden. We've cleaned the back alleyway. That was fun. And the the playground, um, we've scraped gum off of desks. We've collected coats and gloves and um, uh, moved furniture out, some strong men, thank you. Um, And so we've done a lot, uh, but the relationship we've formed is one that um, their response is always awe. And we get a lot of emails of like, wow, you, you, you're willing to do that for us? You're willing to scrape the gum off of desks? Like, yes, we are. That's what we're here for. You know, we're here to serve you. And, um, and not that we're doing it for ourselves, but um, we really have represented what it looks like to walk out um, what Jesus did for these people. Um, and, and it's almost been, it, it struck me when I was praying about this that, um, they're really seeing what it looks like to not be a Christian that just goes to church on Sunday and go home, but to be a Christian that's active and alive in, in our communities and, and showing what, what it looks like to, to be Jesus. So um, just a praise report. Last week we finished, uh, you got, a lot of you brought in coats, and we got an email Monday morning. We had collected like, I don't know, it was like 30 to 40 coats, um, and I know there's more coming in, but we got an email Monday morning, hey, almost every single one has found a home. So there's just a huge need, a huge need here that we're able to, to help meet, which is awesome. So, Yeah, so in the vein of Do It Again Sunday, just kind of a plug, um, we are going to be having the giving tree upstairs. Um, hopefully, maybe next week, we're just waiting on the list of ways that we can continue to bless the school um, during this Christmas season. So be on the lookout for that upstairs, and we'll do it again. Amen. Can you pray and bless the school? Oh, God, we just thank you, Lord. Um, we thank you for the opportunity to meet in this place, Lord. I thank you Amen. that um, that we are able to connect and be Jesus to, uh, to every single person that walks in and out of these um, doors throughout the week, Lord. And I just pray for more opportunity, God, to be Jesus to them. I pray for uh, more relationships with people in the school. And, um, yeah, just that you would show a way for us to really spread your gospel um, and just meet the needs of everyone in this place, Lord. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Chris Ways, where are you? Come on up here. Yeah, that's face. Hey. So I had to write down what I'm going to say. Let's get it open. Hey, so my name is Carissa. I am an OR nurse at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Um, I've been there for just over a year. And as many of you can attest, this job is truly a gift from God. Um, and it's an answer to prayer that many of you have been praying for me for a long time. Um, God has blessed me there over and abundantly. Um, and the, sh- the testimony that I'm actually going to share about is about a trip that I just returned from. About three, years ago, uh, three weeks ago, I um, returned from a tr- uh, medical mission trip to uh, Myanmar, which are firmly known, known as Burma, which is a small country in Southeast Asia, um, primarily Buddhist. I was serving with the CMDA, which is a professional organization for healthcare providers. Um, and when I was first asked to share, I had no idea what to say. 
Um, God did so much in my heart and in my life that it feels like everything's been turned on its head. Like, I feel like I could share on identity, purpose, calling, um, but <laughs> literally everything. Um, I have no idea what God's doing right now, um, but it's awesome. Um, but what I feel like uh, God just was calling me to share for um, is just the testimony about time, tithe, and offering. Um, and I just hope that this will be exhorting and encouraging to everyone here. Um, first, I want to thank everyone who prayed for me while I was gone. Um, every prayer request that I had and everything that I was asking God for was answered. Um, it was amazing. Um, and when I, like, in going on this trip, um, a lot of times, like, people will say, oh, wow, it's such a good thing. Like, you sacrificed so much to go. And I have to say, like, out of everything that, like, I had to pay, like, the trip was $3,500, I was able to raise just over a thousand, but the rest of that I had to cover it myself. Um, and I also had to use two weeks of my vacation time to go. Um, there was no sacrifice. Um, it was a joy just to be able to give back to God what he has blessed me with. Um, I was able, while I was there, it was so much fun utilizing my skills. Um, and just to like practice as a nurse overseas, um, I came back more refreshed than I ever have from like any vacation I've ever been on. <laughs> um, while we were in Myanmar, we worked long, exhausting days. We served about 125 to 150 patients every day. Um, and a lot of these people didn't have access to healthcare. They wouldn't have access to healthcare if we hadn't been there. Um, people traveled from, traveled hours from distant villages just to come to our clinic. Um, and what, while I was there, like what I was doing, it was nothing extraordinary, nothing special. Um, I was just using the gifts that God has given me. Um, and I feel like there's an opportunity that for every single person here, like God has given each one of us a very highly skilled and educated population, different gifts that we can use. Um, whether you're a nurse, a doctor, a dentist, a researcher, a parent, God has given each one of us gifts that we can use to serve the community here. Um, and one other, um, and the thing is, is that like, as we give, it's not out of necessity or anything like that, but it's just out of a thanks, it's out of the thankful heart that we're able to give back to God. Um, one other thing that God showed me while we were there is that there is a lot of value, great, great kingdom value in serving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so, uh, Myanmar is primarily Buddhist. And so the first two days, three days while we were there, we were serving, um, a generally Buddhist population. And we saw 25 salvations in those first few days, which was incredible. Um, but after that, we changed locations and due to that, we were serving a primarily Christian population. And being from a church where we really value evangelism and just spreading the kingdom, um, there was a lot of frustrations like, why are we in this Buddhist nation where, like, nobody knows Jesus and serving Christians? Um, and just there's a little bit of frustration in my heart with that. And just as I was processing that, um, Jesus brought to mind Acts 6, um, where uh, the apostles are approached by people, and it's, they're just saying, there's this population of needy among them that is being neglected. Um, and immediately after, and then the apostles set specific people aside to care for, oversee that ministry and to work with them. Um, and just like what immediately what followed that was just the Holy Spirit saying, there is great, great kingdom value in, share, in working with and caring for 
our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is not, it is not a lesser thing. Um, let's see. Dee-dee-dee. <laughs> um, uh, there we go. Sorry. And so, like, I feel like there is a releasing for us in that, just as a body, just to utilize our given skills that we have gone to school for, whether you're an accountant or whether you're a parent. Like, there is such a need in our community here in Boston and internationally. Like, there is such a need, and we have skills that we can use, that we can offer before the Lord as an offer of thanksgiving, because these are not, like, these are things that God has given us. Our education, our skills, our abilities— and it is a joy to be able to lay them down before God as an offering of thanks. Um, and just in that, a lot like one thing as I've talked to people is like, oh, but vacation time. Oh, I won't be able to do that. Oh, I won't be able to do that. And the thing that I have just found in this is that I had more fun sacrificing my time, sacrificing my finances that would otherwise go to a vacation I came back more refreshed and more fulfilled than any vacation I've ever been on. And it was a blessing and encouragement to me, what God did in my heart and in my life. And I just look forward to going out and doing these again more frequently. Yeah. And so. Amen. Well, pray for us. Pray that for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Father God, I just thank you for how good you are, God. I just thank you for how much you love each and every one of us, God. I thank you for how you have given each one of us giftings and talents, God, that you um, have blessed us with, um, that we can provide for ourselves, but also provide for one another. I just ask that you would uh, just grow in each one of us a heart of service, um, and that it would be a uh, it would be service out of thanksgiving to you, God, that it would just be out of love and deep, deep relationship with you and overflow of your heart, that we are able to go out and serve. Um, God, I just ask that you would even just grow... In, in us as a, just a body, a heart of sacrifice and of sac- a sacrificial giving um, to your kingdom um, and to your people here. And God, I just say, do it again in each person here, um, in each of our lives, in each of our hearts. Show each one of us how we can serve the community where we are walking with daily, sacrificially. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. <laughs> Casey. Come on up here and tell us what's going on over at BC. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Casey Jung, and uh, I help lead the college ministry here at Antioch. Um, A lot of people think I'm a college student. I'm not, but I joyfully serve um, our students over at BC. My life was changed there when I was a sophomore, and so it's been fun to still walk alongside students there. Um, So I want to share about recent favor that we've had on BC campus. Uh, We've become an official student organization. Huge. and so I just want to share a little bit about the journey and how that's, that's happened. So uh, many of you guys know Sean and Laura Richmond, who lead Antioch Waltham. They came up here about 20 years ago to plant this church. And one of their first things was, hey, let's get on BC campus. Let's become an organization. We'll go from there. Uh, BC has this weird, it had this weird rule. Uh, as a Catholic institution, uh, there was only one non-Catholic organization allowed within campus ministry. So one Buddhist group, one Hindu group, you know, one 
Christian organization, which was InterVarsity at that time. So unfortunately, we weren't able to be an official organization. So no access to resources, or we couldn't post posters up or reserve rooms, which is, those are big things. Um, and so it's been, it's been a prayer for the past, what, 20 years uh, to become an official organization on campus. Um, and so... So fast forward, like about a year and a half ago, administrators and people who were involved in uh, campus ministry at BC started reaching out to Bree, um, reaching out to different student leaders and saying, hey, like, if you guys are, like, doing stuff on campus, like, are you guys an official organization? If not, you should apply. We're like, we've tried that for the past 20 years. Um, and, and so we've just had different, different interactions and people saying, hey, you should, we're seeing that you guys are uh, moving on campus. God's doing things on campus. You guys should become official. Um, so it's been a long process and there's been changes in administration. Um, but we've had a group of students put together a proposal and a constitution and uh, about a month ago we came, we became an official organization at BC yeah so big things posters rooms buses <laughs> to retreat centers big yeah but god's going to use all those things to to meet um to meet people and to um allow more transformation um, in each student's hearts at BC. So we're really excited. And um, I was just thinking about, God, like, what, what have you even done the past couple months at BC? And I was looking, thinking about our student body. And we have about 10 freshmen being discipled. Um, we have freshmen making lists of people on Saturday nights of people they're going to invite to church on Sundays. We have sophomores who, uh, we have a sophomore living in the, the D house, which is an intentional living community. We have sophomore girls hosting girls' nights to provide opportunities for students um, to go deeper in the Lord instead of going out on a Friday night. Uh, We have juniors leading our life groups. We have student leaders um, being raised up to lead other students. And we have seniors who, we we have a life group in the mods right now. That's the cool BC housing, by the way. (laughs) So we have a life group in the mods, and we have all these new seniors who haven't, you know, ever been a part of ministry who are coming and saying, we want to know more about Jesus. And so we have seniors who want to do the training school next year. Um, and so it's been really, really exciting uh, to be a part of that. It's been a privilege to walk um, alongside the students at, in our ministry. So we're excited. We want more um, of God's power um, on our campus. So you guys can be believing. College students sit over here on Sundays, the BC students. So um, continue to be praying for us. Um, as we do ministry there. Right. You can stand with me just a second. So Antioch historically has been involved in campus ministries in every church that we, we have. We've got 30 different churches around the country. And we've been involved in, in Fenway schools. How many Fenway grads we got over here? People in uh, got uh, Northeastern so there's different, uh, I'm going to forget whatever, yell out your college right now, BU, there we are, represent right now, go ahead. Um, but uh, we wanted to, to focus, so we've seen a breakthrough, we want to see a, an acceleration at BC right now. God's going to bring us back to these other campuses, we're praying about the next step in that direction, but uh, how many BC grads do we have in here? There you are, I see you. There's more than that. There's the people that are like looking for a little bit more attention. Okay. Bless you guys. Um, uh, more affirmation, I meant to say. Let's pray for BC right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for this door that's opened up. 
We're asking for boldness and clarity. We're asking for uh, a new wave of freshmen and sophomores this spring to be born again. That you would that there would be a hunger, that a priority that would come. You would see people on Friday nights and Saturday nights that are that are drunk. They would be immediately sober. People that were going one direction with their life, you would change and take them completely other way toward your kingdom. Lord, we're, we're asking for favor to increase and for excellent communication with professors, with faculty, with uh, administration. You open this door open wide, Lord, and bless what's happening in the campus there. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Casey. All right. One more. Emily, come on up here. Emily George is an amazing lady, and she has a fresh story about what God's doing. So just lay into it, girl. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, so I'm Emily. Um, there's a passage in, in John 15 where it says, Everything the Father is doing, I've made known to you. And this is a story of just really seeing that in my workplace. So uh, about three years ago, I started a new job, and I uh, was there for a few months just getting the lay of the land. And... Um, quickly saw that, you know, I was probably the only believer there. I was really just doing an assessment of everybody. And I thought, you know, two are better than one. I need another believer in this place. And there was a job opening, and I had one of my best friends that was a believer that was also in my um, area my, of public health. So I, I talked to her about it, and she prayed about it. She applied for the job. She got the job. So we started together. Um, after a few months, there was just this back conference room. And so once a week um, for just like a half hour, we would just meet and pray and just ask God to move in our teams and to really help us just shine brightly for the people around us. And we also just asked him for names of people, you know, that we could just be praying for and and really connecting with. And it was about this time too, I, I just felt like one day the Holy Spirit said, you're the resident chaplain. And I said, okay, well, what, what does a resident chaplain do? And he said, um, just take care of people's hearts. Just check in, you know, just walk around and, and tend to people's hearts and souls. And so um, I just started doing that. I would just check in at people's desks. I would go get coffee. I was asking about their families, um, just understanding people were adopting children. You know, I was just really getting involved in their lives. And all the while, my friend and I are still just praying for these people. And... Um, there were a few women specifically that he had highlighted to me that um, I did, I just was really praying for. And God, um, he really speaks to me a lot in dreams. And so he was giving me dreams for these women. And I would go, it was really strange. I would just go and say, I don't know if you believe in God, but I believe that he speaks to me. And I had this dream and I just want to tell you about it. And just, does this mean anything to you? And so many times they would just start weeping. It was like something that I didn't even understand, but it had profoundly touched their, their life. And, um, as the resident chaplain, I, um, (laughs) I finally, I just thought, okay, um, I'm going to start inviting them to this prayer time that we're having. And so, um, I, it's, it's, this is stealth. I wasn't announcing this to everybody, my, my new role. But I, um, I was going, I, I just, a few of these women, I said, hey, there's a few of us that, a few of us too, <laughs> we are meeting back in this room. And if you ever need prayer throughout the week, just, just come by. I'm going to be there. And no pressure if you can only stay for five minutes, just come on by. 
And so I would um, go sit in this room, and I would turn my worship music on, and I would just sit there. And then these people would just start coming in, and I would just get to pray for them. Sometimes it was just one, or sometimes all, like five or six women would come, and we would just sit in a circle, and they didn't even really know how to pray, but they were learning. And um, we, I would teach them how to like pray for one another. And you know, I don't even know if they've really made a confession of faith, but they're just soaking in this time, you know, which has just been awesome. And it was the, the coolest thing was um, one of them has actually been coming to church with me. I don't, she's not here today, but for like the last nine months, she's just been coming and um, really hearing from the Lord. And the other cool thing was just recently, I couldn't make it to the chaplain office hours, as I call it. And I, I just said, um, you guys, why don't you go ahead and meet? And I, I talked to them the next day, and they met. They had all just gotten together and prayed, even without me. So I think I may have some competition for that new role now. <laughs> um, so I just want to say that, that God does speak to us in that place. Everything the Father's doing, he makes known to us. And it's all about us really asking, God, what are you doing? What are you doing around us? And how can I partner with you in that place? Awesome, Emily. Thank you so much. For the worship team to come on up here. And we want to ask, do it again. We're not asking, uh, if you want to sign up to be a chaplain at your workplace, let's just stand up right now.